Roger Cobb has returned to his father's house. If you're making a big mistake. He promised he would live here. There are many memories of the past still sleeping in this house. I'm tired of that house. He never knew he would die here. come home to an empty house. Do you think there are ghosts here? Or has she? Ah! Who are you? The plumber. If you love being scared, <laughs> welcome home. <laughs> now, the only thing that can protect her is a love that wouldn't die. You like it, the juice? You like it, the. Do you like the goo? Yeah. Do you like the goo that fills the weird actor's body and that he spits in a person's mouth that made me want to fucking throw up? Just like f- this whole fucking movie did? What the fuck was any of this? Uh, welcome to Saturday Night Jive, where we talk about Saturday Night Live and Saturday Night Live related movies. We are talking House 4 today. Hey, we're talking about something that isn't Twin Peaks. Don't you wish we went back to Twin Peaks? Because fuck, I just watched House 4. I do not. I do not wish we went back to Twin Peaks. I'm, I'm really over Twin Peaks at this how, point. How much better does that finale feel now that we just watched House fucking 4? Um, I don't what. I think I could make more sense out of House 4 than the Twin Peaks for the return finale. You know what would make this better? If uh, instead of uh, all the shit that happened in the house, if they just walked up to the house and there was some mysterious lady who was like, yeah, I bought it from this other lady. And then then I didn't have to watch the rest of the movie. Yeah, this is actually Twin Twin Peaks The Return Episode 19. This is what happens in the uh, Chalfon house after Laura Palmer walks away. House 4, starring uh, the inimitable Denny Dillon, who was on 12 episodes of Saturday Night Live in 1980. Who, and I didn't know realize this until we pulled up the list this time, we apparently passed on her the last time. (laughs) I know. How how much smarter were we fucking back then? (laughs) Whatever that was. I was getting the spreadsheet ready so we could pick who who we're doing next week, and I'm like, wait, Denny Dillon's not on the spreadsheet anymore. What a fucking... Oh... Apparently, months ago, we pulled Denny Dillon's name already and we're like, fuck that shit, we ain't watching House 4. But now here we are watching House 4, so welcome Uh, to the show. Okay, I feel like the most important question going into House 4 and coming out of House 4 is what is the use of the 20-minute roll if both of us are too lazy to like check out these movies ahead of time? Well, the twenty-minute rule is when we were watching it separately. This was this is the first movie in a long time we've actually watched together. And uh, oh, by God, am I glad we did? Because if I was watching this by myself, <laughs> I would be in such a, a foul mood right now. <laughs> well, if you don't remember, because we just spent the last like ten weeks or whatever talking about Twin Peaks, uh, the reason we did that, or one of the reasons we did that, is because prior to that we watched a fucking movie called Dog Gone, and that 
started this existential crisis where we weren't sure if we were going to continue the podcast. And one of the things we decided was we're going to start, even though we're separate because of COVID, we're going to start watching the movies together again over over Skype chat. And uh, you say that that's, that enhanced the experience for you. I was going to ask that as another question. Uh, what was the fucking point of us watching it together? Because uh, I, I don't know that that made it any better. I, yeah, I'm, if I was watching this by myself, there's no way I'd be paying fucking attention to this. I would be playing video games. But here's I'd the thing. I'd be clicking on my phone, and then we'd get together to record, and I'd be like, House 4, I think Denny Dillon was in it. That's about you all I got. You know what we could have done? If we weren't both watching it together and tacitly holding each other accountable for watching the thing, we could have fast-forwarded on our own and just said we watched the whole thing when we didn't. That's true. There's really only, um, how many good scenes would you say are in House 4? I'm going to say two and a half. Okay, let me think. Um, I, I'm going to say a solid, well... When I say good, I think interesting. If I'm just say, if I'm calling anything that kind of I even thought was kind of weird to the point where I would call it interesting, I'd say four. If I'm just saying stuff that I legitimately enjoyed, then I'd say two. Yeah. Um, well, because that's interesting. Because what made us or what made me want to pick this movie is uh, one, it was available on YouTube, so you can watch this at your leisure. Um, probably don't though. Um, but there's a, there was a clip on YouTube. House 4 Pizza Man clip, and I watched that, and I was like, oh, buddy, we are going to watch us some House 4, baby. And I I feel like whoever put that clip on YouTube, they were obligated, and they didn't do what they should have done, which is, in the description put, fair warning, this is the only interesting thing from this movie. Don't watch this thinking that everything's going to be weird like this is. And it's so weird that that's like... Not only the weirdest scene in the movie, but it's like the first weird scene in the movie. And it also comes like 40 minutes into the movie. Like, this movie's about a haunted house, you know? There's fucking spirits and there's weird shit happening in the house. But nothing weird happens in the house for 35 minutes. And then, like, the first real weird thing is that she opens up a pizza box and it's a dude's face in a pizza going, Hey, I'm a pizza man! And And you're like, what?! You we've and I didn't watch that, but you sent me that clip, and I only watched the part where the guy sings the Pizza Man song, which isn't like a supernatural thing; it's just a weird clip. And I was like, by the strength of that, I was like, yeah, that let's watch this weird movie. I didn't even watch the end of the clip where a fucking talking pizza box opens up. Yeah, like you've already established that like there's a character, like their dad is dead or the husband mm. is dead. Have like some stuff where like maybe he's haunting the place or like some regular ghost shit before you jump right to pizza box face. Yeah, or at least a couple of like even jump scares. Like as the movie goes along, there's a couple times where like she looks in a mirror and she sees a ghost and she's like, ah, but like there's none of that until talking pizza face. Yeah. And I, well, I will say you can't start into... with talking pizza face. No, you it's have to fucking lead ridiculous. Up. You have to lead up to it. And I will because like that whole scene especially when she, when she takes it and she's shoving it down the disposal i was kind of getting like evil dead vibes like it like a kind of fun wacky horror comedy yeah that's like why if I the to entire watch the movie. movie had been that tone i would have really enjoyed this yeah. but it's just that and like a couple other weird things and like but just large swaths of the same flashback slash nightmare sequence of her signing this piece of paper but sometimes the pen is bleeding fucking jesus christ well, and then sometimes they show, like, um, 
she has like dream sequences of like things that are, but like we've already established that like weird shit happened. We've already seen a talking pizza, and then she's having dreams of weird shit happening. And I'm just thinking, like, why are you? Why are we cutting to a dream sequence when we're already in a haunted house and we've we've established that weird shit happens in this house? Well, to be fair, I think. Uh... If I'm going to apply any kind of logic to the the behind the scenes creation of this movie, it feels like just a hodgepodge of of all the elements from the previous movies. At least the two that I've seen. I never saw the third one, but the idea of like dreams intermixing with reality, and then you have like a wacky comic relief character that isn't a family member but enters into the in the original it was George Went, in the second one it was John Ratzenberger, and this one it's Denny Dillon. That's why I thought she was maybe going to be a ghost hunter at some at one point. She does ends up being an FBI agent. But like I feel like this movie was like okay, what did all the other movies do? Let's just do something sort of like that but boring. And so that's I think that's why that kind of dream logic exists cuz the other movies did that. Yeah, well and then we haven't mentioned that the So this is House 4, meaning it's the fourth movie in a series of films. Apparently this is the only one that's actually a sequel. To the first one. House 2 and House 3 are like completely different stories. Well, because this one has William Cat in it, who is the hero of the first movie, but I don't even know if he's playing the same character, because in that one he had a son, and they never mention a son in this at all. But I believe he has the same name. Cobb, I remember, was his last name. Uh, but How do you remember that? I, I don't How could know why you possibly I remember that? Remember that? <laughs> I really liked the first House movie as a kid. I'm going to tell that was like, I feel like... That was one of, like, four or five movies that was, like, baby's first horror movie for me. Like, because it's not a particularly scary movie. It's, like, a PG, PG PG-13 horror movie. But it had, like, a lot of creepy-looking puppets and stuff. I feel like that was, like, you know, I I don't know what to say, like, given enough credit to say it was formative. But I remember a lot about it. Not so much the second one, which just kind of sucks. It's got, like, a ghost cowboy in it. But, yeah, I... No, I I remember that. But I don't... I remember he had a son. And this one he doesn't, but... I just, the fact that William Cat is even in this, like, were there House fans that stuck with this four movies in and were like, now I, I was so desperate to see William Cat, you didn't bring him back in the first or the second two, two movies. Who gives a shit? Some guy gets done watching House 3 and he's like, look, I am a huge fan of this series, but we have to get back to William Cat. But Dear the House movie, producers. Uh, the second movie is... Um, yeah, I can't think of his name. I, for some reason, the only thing, the only reference point I can think is he's the best friend in Soul Man. Ari Gross. Ari Gross. Ari Gross is the is the guy in the second one, and his uncle's like a or grandfather, or whatever, is like a dead cowboy. And then the third one is like I don't even think it has a house in it. It's just like a serial killer, <laughs> and like I think Lance Henriksen is hunting him down. Like it's literally because it was like it was called the horror show, and they just said, "What if it's House 3? Because <laughs> we own that IP. Right, it's a so, Troll Two scenario. Yeah. Um, so that that yeah, I, and I, I don't even, I don't believe I've even ever seen that. I've seen clips and stuff of it, but I've never seen it. But this, yeah, it's like why why is why why is the fourth one the one where they were like we got to go back to the source material? <laughs> and yeah, I, was, I I was just reading the IMD uh, trivia right before. Um, but so yeah, I guess in this universe, William Cat maybe got divorced, started another family. Because also in the original, I read that the house was owned by his aunt, and this house they specifically say it was owned by his grandfather. So yeah, it's a completely different house owned by the yeah. same guy, maybe except he has a completely different family. Which 
you know, Evil Dead did that. And the first Evil Dead, yeah. a bunch of people go to the cabin, and then the second one, it's just him and his girlfriend. So, I, I mean, and I love those movies, so I can't really complain about that. But, yeah, I just, I don't understand why... Why the writers of this would give enough of a shit to even bother with that. Right. Why, If it's a different house, why not just start a new family? Unless William Cat was available for two days for cheap and they're like, fuck it, why not? I guess. Yeah, I just... Well, I don't... Okay, that... Because I do want to say that there is a there is a germ of an idea in this movie that I legitimately liked, which is the idea... And they don't, they don't do it well, but the idea that it's a haunted house, but the ghosts aren't out to to scare the family. They're out to protect them. Like I, I wish they would have done this, focusing on the little girl, and all of a sudden, like a home alone with ghosts, where it's like people are trying to get in, and the ghosts are helping her instead mm. of traps, like ghosts instead of traps. That's a movie I would want to see. This, it it focuses too much on the mom, and I don't give a shit about anything she does or says or goes through. And yeah. all the stuff I liked was, like, the little girl getting chased by goons and stuff. Which, I to say I liked, it was just more interesting than the other stuff. Right. Now, I kind of perked up when that started happening because, uh, yeah, the whole movie, you think, like, the house is haunted and, like, there's blood dripping from the shower and shit. But, yeah, when the goons start attacking the little girl, the house starts protecting her and, like, causing booby traps for the goons. And, I, yeah, I was into that. I was like, oh, this should have been more of the movie. You know, a haunted house that's on your side. That's that's interesting. I've never seen that before. And maybe, like, Denny Dillon was a ghost, you know? Instead of making her an FBI agent, the twist is that she's a ghost, and she was. that's why she was here. She materialized to help them on their... protect the house. Well, that was my first guess, as to because they keep kind of cagey as to why she's there. She claims to be... Uh, a what a, a housekeeper or something that was hired by the, the dad or the estate or something. Uh, but you know that that's not true. She's clearly snooping around. So yeah, I assumed at first she was a ghost or involved in the criminal scheme or something. And then there's like another character at one point, like a, a handyman or plumber comes up and she doesn't remember hiring him either. And it's like, okay, this has happened twice. Is the movie doing something with this? And it's like, no, the movie just sucks. It's just badly written. Yeah. She should have done that with the pizza man too. And just be like, I didn't order a pizza. And they're like, yeah, you did like 30 minutes ago. Oh, did you ever see, uh, there's a movie with Aiden Quinn and Christopher Plummer called Haunted from like the 90s? No. Well, I'm going to spoil it. It's that this guy, he's like a skeptic. It's set in like the, I don't know, the 1930s or something. And he goes to this house to debunk this woman's claim that ghosts are haunting her. And the twist is everybody's a fucking ghost. He's like the only (laughs) living person. Like the the guy he met that, that... there was a historian about the house. He was a fucking ghost too. And like every, like literally everybody he meets is a fucking ghost. And I was waiting for that to be the twist here that this, that everybody had somehow died in this house or something. But yeah, none of that is, I mean, I assume the pizza man, was that even a real pizza man? <laughs> I do what they never explained the pizza. What, what, if, cause now if, I guess the house was, or the spirits in the house were on their side or no, were they? Because at one point she almost murders her daughter. And that's was, spirit shit. And that, like, the knife looked like, because it's all, like, Native American, Indian bearer ground, poltergeist kind of shit. And the knife appears, and it looks like a ceremonial dagger. So it feels like the ancient Indian spirits are like, hey, kill your fucking daughter. Yeah, so that's why you think the house is evil, but yeah, then the house is good. So it doesn't make any sense. But the pizza also doesn't make any sense, because a real pizza guy dropped that pizza off. Was it a haunted pizza at the store? Well, and I... Was it the, the pizza guy, the face of the pizza guy, wasn't the same guy who sang the pizza song, right? I don't think I, that was the same actor. I don't know, but I, I thought that might be the case. 
Because that's that's if that was the case, that's what I thought. Like, because they don't even show them ordering pizza; it just sort of comes. I don't think, do they? The uh, the daughter mentions that she ordered it. She is like, well, okay. we had to have something for dinner. But she mentions that after it comes. Yes, you don't see beforehand. Like, oh, let's get pizza for dinner. So that's I thought that was going to be another thing. Like, did you order pizza? No, I thought you did. You know? No, yeah. The mom is surprised to see a pizza man, and also a pizza man who's singing a jaunty little pizza uh, song. So that exists in the. That's not haunted house stuff. That's just whatever pizza place they ordered from makes their delivery drivers sing you a song before they give you the pizza. I'm your pizza man. I'm your pizza man. And I'm delivering your favorite pizza pie. I'm your pizza man. I'm your pizza man. And I am everybody's favorite takeout guy. You never have to worry that your pizza will be cold. Cause I keep it heated up on my engine's manifold. <laughs> so the next time you are hungry for a pizza in a pan. <laughs> don't forget to call your favorite pizza man. <sighs> Twelve fifty, please. That's gotta be the worst fucking job in the world. Yeah, it's I remember there used to be a place called Johnny Rockets. I don't know if you ever went there. Oh yeah. And that was like, I, I don't know if that exists outside of Columbus, Ohio, but like you, you, if you'd put, I don't know if it was every song or just certain songs in the jukebox, they would have to sing and dance to them. And it was like, who, who's a fucking asshole that puts that song on? Oh yeah. I remember when they first, cause when they first opened, it was like every three songs that played, the cooks would be out fucking dancing and I'd be like, get back in there and make my goddamn burger. Cause yeah, at some point it's like, you're making the, the food come late, you know? <laughs> Bur- <laughs> the kitchen's on fire because <laughs> Raul's doing the Macarena. We're contractually obligated to dance. Get the fire extinguisher. That's not part of my job description. <laughs> um, but then I remember. The, um, I think they're all closed now. At least the one I I used. The to only one closed. I knew of. Yeah, it doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, the one at Easton. And the last time I was there, it was like sad. Like they, they didn't play the jukebox anymore. There was nobody in there. And I was like, ah, this place is going downhill. But Coldstone Creamery does that too. If you tip them, they have to go like, hey, we like your tips. Oh my god, that just makes me not want to tip them, which is fucked up. I would fucking hate working there. But no, like as a like as as a customer, I would want to tip them, but not if I know that it makes them fucking demoralize themselves. Right. I'd just be like, hey, look over there, and then drop the money in the tip jar and run. <laughs> okay, can we, house four. Can we talk about? <laughs> all right. So the the first like uh, it's not even a crazy thing that happens, but the first like action thing that happens is uh, William Cat and his wife and his daughter are all driving home um, from whatever's happening with the house. His brother wants to buy it for nefarious reasons. Blah blah blah. But they're driving home, and then they get into a big car crash. The car flips over. Uh, the mom escapes. Uh, the daughter escapes. But William Cat he's still stuck in the car, and then the car blows up. And they, sh- they go back to that car crash at least six times in the movie. There's flashbacks to the car crash. There's dream sequences of the car crash. And then at one point, the spirits, like, take her back in time to see the car crash again. Well, that's the one that I felt was relevant because it reveals new information. You find yes. out that someone was behind it. But, yeah, to set that up with, like, fucking eight other times when I don't give a shit. Like, it just leads me to think, like, oh, I'm seeing it again and I don't care. I would say there's one when when it's like an extended weird nightmare sequence. That was one of the points where I said like I didn't necessarily like it, but I thought it was interesting when like the brother brothers in drag as the nurse and screaming. Yeah, and, like, the two was, doc- the goons are the doctors. That was fun. You know, so yeah, if if you want to say that's half a good one, then maybe it's two and a half good moments. 
Well, because there was one a time where, like, she's just looking at a picture of William Cat, like, smiling, and she's just like, hmm, I miss you, and then it just cuts to fiery car crash, and she's like, ah, that's right, he's dead! And did you notice that, like, she's looking at, like, three pictures, like, one of those, like, you know, triple things, and one of them is him, like, making a wacky face, and they cut to that wacky face almost as a transition to, like, him in the car crash, like, he was making that same face, but he wasn't, he was making a wacky fun face for a picture. Yeah, it's like he's riding a roller coaster and, like, screaming in delight, but then they, they juxtapose that with his fiery car crash death, and it looks like not a fun, not a fun time. Um, oh yeah and then (laughs) my favorite part of the thing is that after the fiery car crash William Cat is in the hospital on life support but you don't see William Cat's body you see like (laughs) like a fucking mummified corpse it's just black and looks like a skeleton but they have like an oxygen mask on it like that's gonna help well, but I mean that's that's in the nightmare sequence because it ultimately has her her daughter's head come up and scream. Yeah. So you know, yeah. I mean, I think it's worse than it actually would have been. <laughs> I think when you're in that condition, when you're more ash than man, they probably don't bother hooking you up to the machines. And that's also it's like you have to make the choice to take them off life support. Right. Really? Because I, uh, I, I don't think, think that's God too much. made that choice. <laughs> oh. But yeah, yeah there's, so, there's so little to talk about with this movie. Uh, she's blaming herself for taking him off life support. <laughs> Dude's already fucking dead, man. Um, oh, <laughs> when we talk about the uh, the shower scene where we get real gratuitous titties. Wait, were there titties? Was I not paying close enough attention? Oh, you missed the titties? <laughs> there was one moment where she's just like... Uh, so she's taking a shower, and then of course, are you fast forwarding to the blood titties? Yeah, I'm gonna fast forward <laughs> to. It. Um, and then, so she's taking a shower, and then of course, you know, blood's dripping from the shower nozzle, and then she's just like soaping up her titties <laughs> with the blood for a good like thirty seconds. We cut to. I'm surprised I you saw, missed it. I saw that. I guess I didn't. Mm. Maybe mine. Maybe my version is cropped. Oh, maybe. No, it's not. It's not even. And you're like, watching the YouTube version where apparently there's titties. Yeah, no, it's... It, yeah, you see Oh, it yeah. I don't think yeah. that scene was in my version. Oh. I guess it wasn't 15 seconds. I guess it was just like <laughs> two I two feel like you, maybe you put it in slow-mo or something. <laughs> oh, well, we are watching it in fast motion at the moment. Um, but yeah, she's just like... <laughs> there's blood pouring from the shower. And she's just having a nice old shower, of course, with her eyes sealed shut. I know, it's, it's yes, it's the big fat liar syndrome where it, shit's pouring on you and you just never open your eyes in the shower. Paul Giamatti's blue for like 45 minutes before he finally looks in a mirror and he's like, what? My whole body's blue? Hey, come to think of it, I haven't looked at my hands since I got out of that pool. But yeah, and that's another scene where it's like, that's clearly a house is evil ghosts moment. So like, the movie, because that's the thing, it's not us. The movie doesn't know whether it wants the house to be protecting them or scaring them away. It's doing both at the same time, so it makes no fucking sense. Yeah. Well, I, I didn't realize the house was good until much later. Like, everything seems like it's designed to scare her um, until when the goons attack. And I guess maybe, I guess if I'm going to apply any kind of, like, logic to it... <laughs> Maybe the house like sees them as intruders at first, but then when it sees the goons trying to attack them, the house is like, "Oh, 
they're the good guys. I have to protect them. Well, but it's established from the very beginning that the ghost, or at least the main ghost, is William Cat's character. So you'd think he would be on their side from right. the beginning. Yeah. But yeah, I think that doesn't. Well, also, no, it's is, a shitty movie. So it's like we're trying to make sense of it because we've spent the last 10 weeks trying to make sense of Twin Peaks. And now we're watching House 4 and we're like, so wait, what's, what's the director really trying to say? Here? What is the Pizza Man symbolic of? <laughs> But yeah, I, what, I know, what it is is it's the previous movies all thrown in a blender. Because in the first movie, the house was evil. It was possessed by... He had like a buddy in Vietnam that he'd left for dead or something. And it was actually... It was Richard Mall playing him and he, he came back to haunt him. Uh, and then, But in the second one, the ghosts were on their side. It was his like cowboy grandfather. And there was an evil cowboy too. But like his, like the ghosts that are actually possessing the house were helping out the people in the house. So, I mean, there's also like time portals and shit. But... I feel like so it's just like well the first movie did it one way the second movie did it the other way so let's just do both because who gives a shit well I mean the house can be two things it can have two separate moods um, we do we need to talk about um, Mr. Grosso though uh, you, you mean the late great Mark Gash Mark Gash which is already a pretty gross name if this if this crime boss's name was just Mr. Gash You'd go like, oh, but no, they name him Mr. Grosso. Yeah, this guy is like a, a he's a dwarf actor. Um, well, by the way, according to Internet Movie Database, his first movie was To Live and Die in L.A., and he plays himself, I guess. He plays a character named Mark Gash. Oh, well, I mean, if you're looking for a Mark Gash type. And at first I thought he was a normal-headed dude in like a Wienerville-style small puppet body, but his arms were moving too too good for that. But they have him like kind of like slumped in with like, or maybe that's just his neck, like what it looks like. I looked up pictures of him because yeah, I wasn't sure either. And yeah, I guess he he kind of looks like this, but I think they are accentuating um, his head, like because his head looks like much larger than his body, um, yeah. which is also kind of how he just was in real life. But I think anyway. he's just wearing a smaller suit than he would ordinarily wear. Yeah, they're they're doing some camera trickery to make him look even you know to make him look weirder but it reminded um, but, me of uh, michael j anderson in uh um Mulholland drive remember when yeah. he's like his head on like an adult person's body kind of yeah um but uh mr grosso he's like the uh i guess he's some kind of crime boss who wants this house well he runs what do they, he runs a what toxic waste factory for? right so I'm assuming they <laughs> so that the land because they mentioned something about there's caves underneath. They're going to dump toxic waste in the caves underneath uh, the the house, but they need to own the, the land first. Um, I did enjoy how. Okay, oh, so yeah, Mr. Gr- this scene again. Mr. Grosso has a um, ugh, yeah, ugh, phlegm. Okay, watching this whole scene, I felt like you like they cut in a scene from Alex Winters freaked all of a sudden, <laughs> like yeah. And then just went back to house four. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I did not like Mr. Grosso. Um, but yeah, I did like that Mr. Grosso, he wants the land that uh, for the house, I guess, to um, bury his toxic waste in because he has all this surplus of toxic waste he has to get rid of. And I guess what he's currently doing, what his current plan is, is to just label the barrels non-toxic waste. Which I actually thought that was a funny joke, but I don't know that the movie thinks it's a joke. Oh, I thought it was a hilarious joke. That he's just like, no, these barrels? No, 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 no. That's non-toxic waste. No, that's a funny gag if it's a gag, but 
it's not like presented as a gag. It's presented as like, this is his evil plan and you should hate him for it. Like, no, that's a, that again, if this was like freaked, that would be a funny joke that, you know, uh, Randy Quaid's character would do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, oh my God, Mr. So Mr. Grosso, he's, apparently he has a lot of phlegm. He's filled with goo. He's, he's basically Rob Reiner from South Park. Is that like because of the toxic waste or just because he's just a, he's Mr. Grosso, I guess? I, I assume, yeah. It's, he, he, he lives and eats and breathes toxic waste, so, that, so that's what he is. Okay. He's basically made of it at this point. And then he takes like a, a, a suction tube and he like sticks it in it like his neck. We don't see it go in, but like he doesn't put it in his mouth. I assume so he, he has some kind of like trait ring kind of thing or whatever that's called. Stoma like, things? Like, yeah, like smokers have, yeah. Yeah, and so I guess he puts a tube in that, sucks all the phlegm out. The EPA wants to inspect the premises. This scheme of yours to dump the toxic waste out of the house in this cave or whatever must be put into action immediately. Oh, and then uh, to punish one of the goons, he pours the phlegm in the guy's mouth. But at least we don't see it go in. Yeah, but that, and if it had, I would have fucking thrown up. I almost threw up just with the idea of it. Yeah, it was gross. Um, so yeah, <laughs> now talk about Mr. Grosso. Um, the, the only other note I had that I wanted to talk about was the only other scene I liked in this movie was when, uh, the goons start seeing each other as bugs and snakes. Well, I, I like that, but I, I, I come kind of coming around on, we, we mentioned the, the whole sequence of them getting chased around, like the, the home alone sequence, basically. And I, I do kind of like, I like that they introduce this fake dog that she has because she's allergic to real dogs. So she has a lamp that has like a dog uh, statue in it. And then the dog statue comes to life. And before you see it, she sneezes because she's allergic to real dogs. So that's like an inst- like the, the first clue. There's a real dog in the room. And like you could forget that they said that. And then that's just a little kind of setup to that payoff. I kind of like that. It's just like a little moment. Yeah, they set that up well. Because, yeah, they introduced that she has this fake dog like in the third or fourth scene. Uh, <laughs> these goons. These goons are trying to like kill the girl, take control of the house. So they go down in the basement with some uh, fucking gas cans. And they, they're going to set fire to the house. But then I guess the house is protecting itself. So it attacks the goons with bugs and snakes. And then makes the goons almost like a like in the Looney Tunes cartoons where like someone's stuck on a deserted island and then like it sees somebody's head as a hamburger. Yeah, it's making them hallucinate each other as the thing they fear most, I guess. Which because that's it's alluding to the previous scene where they the masks they wore when they broke into the house were of a snake and a bug. Right. And then evidently that's what they're most afraid of. I don't know why that's why they chose them or not, but <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was fun. then they literally become snake head and bug head and shoot each other. It's just yeah, it's funny that they're because at one point they start shooting each other and then they realize that it was just a hallucination. And then it makes them hallucinate it again, and they forget that it that it wasn't real, and they keep shooting again. 
It's hilarious. The one goon turns to the other goon and sees just a snake head in a suit and is like, ah! And then the other goon sees just like a cockroach head in a suit and is like, ah! And so they both start shooting each other. Just like at point blank range. And then like they cut. Now they're regular people again. But they have like bullet holes all over and they're like, what? Charlie? Eddie? Oh, I didn't know. And then their heads turn again and they just start firing again wildly. No, oh. <laughs> they for, they remembered and then they forgot instantaneously. See, I that's like the that. thing. There are scenes like that that if they were in a better movie, I would have liked them. But it's just that it's a lot of good effort after bad at that point because the next scene we find out that the girl was apparently just faking her paraplegia. Yeah, she just uh, decides that she can walk now. So, because <laughs> yeah, that's we we didn't mention that she she got. I don't know if we mentioned that that she became uh, bound to a wheelchair. As a result of the car accident, she could walk before, then she couldn't, but now she just can again. I don't know if we're supposed to believe that that's, like, supernatural influence, like William Cat helped her walk, or if it's just, like, it was psychosomatic the whole time, or what? Uh, no, so what are, are we supposed to believe? The house already has spirits in it, but then William Cat's spirit is in it because she brought the urn with his ashes in it? Well, no, um, the, the Indian guy, the Native American guy, sorry, said... Something to that effect. He was explaining, like, why the house was mystical, and I completely fucking tuned out. There yeah. was something about a spring under the house. that and you see it, the, the, the geyser shoots up at the end. But he said something like, because he died from another one's hand, which I think we were supposed to think at first that that was because she was driving, like, she's at fault for his death. That's what I thought, too, yeah. And then, of course, the reveal is that it was his stepbrother that killed him, and that's why his spirit can't rest, so it's tied to the house. Because that's where because ghosts are tied to to that house. Oh, just ghosts in general. Okay, yeah. I, I thought there had had to be some kind of specific reason why William Cat was there. Um, well, I think the I reason his ghost is stuck on Earth is because he was murdered rather than died, you know, of natural causes. Right. right. I understand that, but I didn't understand at the end when William Cat came back and he was like, "Yeah, I was here the whole time." Because <laughs> that makes well, then why the fuck didn't you tell the other spirits, "Hey, this is my wife." cool up with the blood dripping from the shower. Yeah, I mean, if they're... And honestly, they could have solved it with one line where he said, like, I'm a ghost here and I've been the one helping you, but there are other ghosts that are just angry and they don't care who's in... They just, you know, want to fuck with people. But I'm trying to keep them at bay, but, you know, it's it's, a, it's an untenable situation. You can't live... Yeah, that could give them, like, a ticking clock. Like, we gotta get out of here, but we gotta save my husband first. Like, you could have made something interesting out of that, that it's like a house that's conflicted about whether it wants to haunt the people in it. But, you know, they just didn't care to do that. Yeah, no, this movie is uh, fucking terrible. But, like, every now and then I'd be like, oh, that's a good idea. Like, Well, I feel like ha- the shit that I liked, I, like, I can't ever tell if it's even, like, accidental or on purpose. Like, was that scene with the, the two guys shooting at each other as funny as it was on purpose or just because it was kind of dumb? I think it was supposed to be a comedic scene because those are the comedic characters. All the g- stuff with the goons is, like, straight out of fucking Vampire Dog. Like, those characters are supposed to be Airbud 2 comedic goons. Because it's just, all the to- every piece of comedy seems to be, like, a different tone. Like, that's slapstick comedy, and then you have Mr. Grosso, and that's, like, gross-out comedy. And then, it just, it feels like, and then Denny Dillon, I don't even know what you would call that, what she's doing. But, like... Uh, it- I don't think she's supposed to be funny, is she? I feel like she's the, like, she seems like a comic relief character that they forgot to write jokes for. Oh. 
I didn't like, think she was well, because she's clearly like in, again in the first movie there was George Went, and then in the second movie was John Ratzenberger, and there are these characters that kind of show up for like just a couple scenes in the movie just to be like, hey, here's where it's a horror comedy, and I feel like Denny Dillon is clearly in that role. I guess, at least in the terms of the structure of a house movie in this franchise, but well, they just forgot to make her funny. Yeah, well, I think you're just thinking that because um, you uh, so closely identify Denny Dillon with uh, comedy and hilarity. Well, who wouldn't? She's she, one of the, the, the funniest comedians of art. You know when you have all this list, when some misogynistic asshole is like, women can't be funny, and you always want to like, okay, well, here's the list of people. It's always, it's Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, Denny Dillon. <laughs> Denny Dillon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Denny Dillon. She's so good. How did we pass on her, man? We, we how, how is this the only Denny Dillon movie we've watched? I feel like I almost... I'm almost certain what happened was we got Denny Dillon. I was like, we could watch House 4. And you were like, no. <laughs> I think that's exactly what happened. And then this time you said, hey, I got Denny Dillon. And I was like, we could watch House 4. And you were like, hey, check out this Pizza Man clip. It's probably going to be good. Yep. I believe that is exactly how history happened. And history will repeat itself again because now we are at my favorite part of the of the podcast. Oh wait! Episode. Also, one last thing. Uh, apparently, William Cat is an alien at the end. He, he flies off and he turns into a being of light and flies off into space. Well, I thought he was going to heaven. You think he was going to space? <laughs> it, it reminded me of fucking Poochie the dog. <laughs> I must now return <laughs> to my home planet. He does just go like a bye, and then just whoop. And I just keep thinking, because, like, the last thing I saw him in was this shitty Asylum movie that was, like, an Alien versus Predator ripoff called, like, Alien versus Hunter or something. And it's like... But he could only, you know, he was still a big enough get where, like, he would do House 4, but only for two days. But, like, now he's he's forced to do fucking Asylum movies. What's... Wait, we talked about him a lot. Who the fuck is William Cat? He was the greatest American hero, right? That, was... that and that and House are really the only things I, I know. Of. What, I mean, what else is he in? He's in Carrie. He's the the guy who takes oh, Carrie yeah, to the prom. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I um, can't think of anything else really. But yeah, the greatest American hero is like not a even a hit show. I think that only lasted like a season. I feel like it's it's more well known for the theme song and just kind yeah. of as a nostalgic. Well, like a lot of those shows are like that, like. You know, well, Police Squad was like eight episodes, but it spawned a whole film franchise. My Mother the Car only had like seven episodes. Yeah, (laughs) something that's either just really great, really bad, or really weird will get remembered regardless of how long it goes. Right. All right. So now we're at my favorite part of the show. And a part of the show I have missed, honestly. (laughs) I don't know why I missed this part so much. But this is when we roll the dice and pick what we're doing next week. And and I feel like it's been ten weeks in, with the Twin Peaks thing we did, where like we watched Doggone and we were like, what are we gonna do? This is not working out. And we had a lot of ideas as to how to change the thing. And I guess we, we're doing the thing where we're watching them together now, and that's helped. But I feel like we had a lot of other ideas, and we're just going back to the way things are. And I just feel like we're bound to get another Doggone. We just had one with House Four. Oh, I'm sure we will have another Doggone, but um, hopefully. The president doesn't wage war on our American soil the day before I watched Doggone. That's right. We were a little colored by recent events. <laughs> oh, this is the most absurd day of my life. Oh. All right. Okay, so but I'm have, looking at Damon Wayans. I don't know that we have a lot of Damon I, Wayans. I have, uh, I have rolled Damon Wayans' name. Um, 
I, I've You've always been advocating for punchline punch a lot. I mean, I feel like I can't say no to anything since I was the one who said let's watch House Four. But I don't know punchline. We could watch I mean, Celtic Pride. We could re-record the lost episode. I'd be kind of curious to watch Blank Man again. Blank Man? I don't know. I think that'd be boring. I just, like, in the age of Marvel Cinematic Universe shit, like, to watch, like, fucking Blank Man, this weird uh, amateur or independent Superman movie, or a superhero movie. Um, or, or I could do, uh, yeah. could do the episode where he... Um... He hasn't really done a lot of movies. No, I'm surprised that Damon Wayans has such a small filmography. Um, well, we've already watched Marcy X, and uh, that's the only other Damon Wayans uh, well, movie we've covered. Bulletproof also has Adam Sandler in it. I know, but I remember watching that and not liking it. Like, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen it. I, I, I might have. If I do, I don't remember it. Yeah, I don't want to watch I it mean, I'm, again. I'm up for any... I mean, I, I want you to be at fault for whatever's next, because okay. <laughs> I feel guilty. <laughs> so, look who's talking to, or punchline. I mean, of those two, I would rather watch Look Who's Talking To, because I feel like Talking Babies is going to be fun bad, whereas Punchline is probably just going to be bad. But if you want to do Punchline, I'll fucking do Punchline. Uh, we can say... Well, no, we can't say Punchline. Uh, I think another SNL cast member is in Punchline. Maybe it's just Damon Wayans. Well, we've got um, two five-timers and Tom Hanks and John Goodman. Yeah, I think that's why it's come up a couple times when we did the five-timers. Um, but... <laughs> I could watch 82 minutes of Look Who's Talking To next week. Plus, it's a sequel to a movie we haven't already watched, because that's how we always... We fucking always watch the sequels and never watch the originals. Let's remind us of House 4, the thing we just fucking watched. This is keeping in line with our our regular stupidity. We're going to watch a sequel to a movie I I haven't seen since probably 1992. Isn't this... There's a third one with dogs, right? Yes. I want to say, like, Danny DeVito and Rhea Perlman were the dogs. Um, Danny DeVito and Diane Keaton, I believe. Oh, okay. I've never seen that. I'm, I've seen Look Who's Talking to, like, probably I vaguely on video remember as a kid. the third one when we were kids. Yeah. No, I, I know I've seen this before, but I have no fucking memory of it. This is one I've, I watched probably once as a kid and hated when I was ten. Hey, Gilbert Gottfried's in it too. Alright. So it's we the got weird thing where like the only thing I remember about it is I have such nostalgia and I don't know why. For what is the what's the production company that made that? Uh Look Who's Talking? Yeah, because they're the ones that have the, the Pegasus. Oh, TriStar. Yeah, that TriStar. Runs, yeah, TriStar. And just that the music and the Pegasus running directly at the camera. For some reason I have such a like nostalgic thing for that. I wonder if, like, did they make all my favorite movies, or did I just really think that was a cool thing to movies? Uh, I think I don't, they didn't make every movie, but no, I, I, have, I have the same thing. Whenever I see the TriStar logo, I'm like, ah, cool, because sometimes they, I, I know they did it in the Look Who's Talking movie, and they also did it in, um, uh, there's a Richard Pryor movie where they did it, where they voiced over the horse, like, as it was running. I was trying to think, did they do, was, was, uh, Fucking Bobcat Goldthwait in a talking horse movie was that was, was that hot TriStar? to hot to trot and may have been, I think it was because they did that and well, they did it in Hot to Trot didn't they? Um, John Candy voices the thing. Oh, maybe not. No, it was That's a Warner Brothers movie. Okay, <laughs> and, no, I'm, and I have the same thing with Orion. You know, the stars and the Orion logo coming up. I yeah. just I, I get a pang of nostalgia. I want to look them up and see like 
was that just because of associating them with a lot of movies I liked as a kid or if it's just some weird thing about the logo probably a little bit of both I'm probably guessing they uh they produce some movie you watch like 800 times when yeah you're... it's like fucking rookie of the year or something that yeah. it's just like well that was a vhs tape we had so i watched it a million fucking times all right so look who's talking to t-o-o t-o-o yes next week because roseanne um, is talking as well as bruce willis all right and i'm sure that will be a wonderful decision <laughs> isn't it fun to go back to movies but and the thing is it's like denny dillon the alternatives were fucking Air America with Mel Gibson and there was that one fucking Nick Nolte movie. I don't even remember what it's called. Mrs. Quigley or something. Uh, Grace Quigley. Grace Quigley. Couldn't so it's not that. like it's not like we had a lot of options. So it was either that or watch another episode of Denny Dillon's Seasons or Season? She was only on the one season, right? Season, yeah. That Because that was like the Gilbert Godfrey year and everything. Yep. And I feel like we've watched so many of those. <laughs> I think we've only seen two. <laughs> really? Because it feels plenty. like so many of those. Yeah. Two two episodes of season six of SNL. Yeah, you get the picture. It really um, sucked. It feels like every episode we watch has been from that season. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, anything else for House 4? No, I got nothing else. This is like the shortest <laughs> podcast we've ever recorded because it this gives a shit a about House one. 4. It's not, um, not a lot to talk about House 4. Uh, don't watch it. Don't well no watch the clips online of Mr. Pizza Man, and if you can find maybe I don't know I mean the if you can find some of the scene. fun stuff but yeah I think it was fun uh, the dream sequence was fun I like the blood shower too all the like scare stuff because they were all camp like nothing's really scary it's all like stupid so all the stupid scary shit like that was supposed to be scary made me smile because it was so bad but yeah just and watch I, clips of that I will say I remember from what I remember the first two movies I think this is probably arguably better than the second one which was just like unmitigatedly awful uh, it's more in keeping with the first one where I think there was just more of that stuff and it was of a higher quality because of a higher budget but as far as like the, just the wacky horror comedy set pieces and like you know creepy puppets and shit I think this is more in keeping with the first one so I would I would say if you like the first one watch this before you watch either two or three I would say if you like the first one, you're Ben. <laughs> Look, it was my favorite movie. It, it was formative for me. It was the first movie I ever masturbated to. It, it was my sexual <laughs> awakening. So Richard Mall's Vietnam veteran ghost. <laughs> hey, well, I'm, I'm done talking about this piece of shit. As am I. Stay tuned and for Look Who's Talking next week. Um, until we see you again. Get off the shit. Nothing ever slows her down and a mess is not allowed.